Welcome everybody here to the Cliff Notes Podcast. This is episode two, and today is July 20th, 2020. I am Clifton Grooms, your host. Um, today we are going to be having a special guest on. He is um, from Cameron. He is the sports director of the radio station 100.1 Regional Radio KKWK. Uh, we're going to be bringing in Chris Ward today to break down the 2009 Hamilton Hornet football season. A season, a special season for Hamilton, their first ever state championship. We're going to be breaking down the entire season piece by piece. So we're going to be starting that here shortly. But before we do that, I actually want to thank everybody for the support for the podcast on Facebook, on Twitter, on Spotify, on Anchor, all the different platforms. Thank you guys so much for the support. I hope to keep pumping out new content for you all the time. But we're going to begin the um, very first episode about Hamilton Football 2009. We're going to begin that here shortly, and we're going to be taking it to Chris here right now. Joining us now is um, 100.1 KKWK in Cameron, the sports director, Chris Ward. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm great, Clifton. Thanks for having me on, buddy. I appreciate that. Um, well, Chris, uh, those of you who don't, those people who don't know you, um, explain a little bit of your story, how you got started with um KKWK and all that stuff. Uh, well, uh, sports broadcasting is kind of always what I've wanted to do. Uh, you know, since I was a little kid uh, out in the front yard, I, you know, a lot of kids would get together and play ball. I did that too, but I would get out and kind of uh, kind of imagine the games myself in my head, and I kind of play out in the front yard by myself. I was the way older than my little brother, so I was always you know doing different things than them. Uh, so that kind of, you know, and always being from a sports family and whatnot, I always had a love for it. And uh, so I kind of always wanted to be a, a sports broadcaster, play-by-play guy. It's what I've always wanted to do. I think that's what I was, you know, my calling, so to speak. Uh, so eventually I went to Northwest Missouri State and uh, got in the, the radio biz up there uh, at the student-run station, X106, and uh, uh, the sports director up there and called uh, Northwest Missouri State Bearcat football and basketball there for a couple of years. And then uh, was lucky enough to get a job down here in Cameron uh, right out of college. I've been here since 2004. I got hired originally in the sales uh, department as an inside sales guy. And then I got to do some games on the side whenever Barry Pyatt was, uh, you know, we had extra games or he was busy doing something else or, or what have you. I'd get called in to help out with a, a game here and there. And then uh, eventually Barry left and I kind of slid into the, the sports director job. Uh, I think it was uh, August 2006, if memory serves correctly. So, uh, you know, some of those great Benton uh, basketball teams and baseball teams and that stuff was uh, my introduction as the, uh, the sports guy here. I got to cover some of those teams early on. And uh, since then just been going and trying hopefully to get better and uh, do more and more for uh, the fans here and hopefully I do a good enough job that uh, nobody's called for my head so far so I guess uh, we're doing okay uh, but yeah it's a, it's a lot of fun and uh, it's been a lifelong passion of mine I, I grew up in Lexington it's a football community uh, through and through with multiple state titles and you kind of grow up you know, playing your position and playing football in the in the schoolyard and with your friends and whatnot, and you kind of grow up wanting to be state champs. Uh, I grew up uh, back in the Coach Gil Rector days. He's a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, we in my senior year, we were undefeated and ended up getting bounced in the playoffs by one point uh, against Pembroke Hill. And you know, twenty some years later, that still is a, a crawl under my skin a little bit. But uh, yeah, I grew up uh, loving the game and uh, and uh, and wanting to broadcast. And I'm lucky enough to, to at least to, to some extent, I get to, to live my dream a little bit. Well, Chris, I actually think you've been doing a tremendous job. Actually, I actually met you through your through um, my time at KQ too, mm-hmm. and um, with um, your guys's um, outreach at in at, with KKWK, you guys have a unbelievable outreach with so many teams in the area. 
probably about the same, uh, just about the same as KQ2 does. Um, all the all the different teams in the area. So you've seen a lot of great teams, not just in football, but in basketball. What were some of the memorable teams that you've seen just in all the sports in general? Oh man, uh, I mean, uh, like my first state championship team was uh, Johnny Coy and the Benton Cardinal baseball team. Uh, what was that 06, 07, whatever year that was? And that's how I got to know a lot of the folks over in St. Joe. As you said, I, I kind of came over and did football tonight with uh, Ryan Minley and those guys as you were, I think you were still in high school back in those days. That's how long ago that was. Uh, but um, yeah, that Benton team, that Benton baseball team was a lot of fun. And that boy, that really uh, kind of got my juices going, so to speak. Uh, in this job because from then on we got the you know coach a good one's undefeated uh, lady cardinals basketball team was a year later i think it was and then uh, boy uh, those mid buck basketball teams have been a lot of fun i just i love the way uh, kemper coaches so every year i enjoy covering his team and uh you know some of those loss in the football and baseball teams have been a lot of fun to cover i love I, the kci uh, i know i cover you know grc and mec and all of it uh the kci is close knit it is basically anything i cover in that league i love because of the rivalries you know everybody knows everybody so well that league's been together so long and uh those towns are so close to each other that league just for whatever reason just uh everything they do be it softball or baseball or or basketball i think that was a lot of fun to cover uh but uh, the team we're about to talk about the hamilton uh, that 09 team really put off a, a little mini dynasty that's been a lot of fun to kind of follow because uh, when i first started here they were middle of the road you know six and four seven and three kind of team to watch what they built at hamilton's been a, a whole lot of fun to uh see some of the ebbs and flows of, of some other teams like uh mid Buck football, what Coach Fritz has done there, taking a team that wasn't a whole lot and, uh, and kind of building that into what they've got going on over there has, has been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, watching what Coach Holt's done at Lathrop's been a whole lot of fun. And really that whole athletic department down there at Lathrop's been a lot of fun to kind of uh, watch here over the last few years as they've gotten multiple sports getting really good. Uh, the uh, the development the GRC has been kind of interesting to me in the in the way that league has changed and brought teams in and now split up into two uh, two real leagues and making one monster league and man anytime you get those guys going on, on the hardwoods a, a lot of fun I don't get to see as much football as I probably should uh, up there but man uh, there's a whole bunch of teams I mean when you start getting into those individuals like I mentioned those first ones and uh, pretty much anybody that makes a deep run in the playoffs is a lot of fun um, that Winston basketball team a few years ago with uh, Heisel and uh, Jordan Leonard and all those cats uh, man that's one of my favorite teams too just because they were so much fun and they were so little and, uh, and able to take down those big teams and much bigger ball players on that run so I, I don't know uh, I love them all man they're all my kids I, I kind of say um Anytime one of them goes on and plays at college or, or whatever they do, I kind of always look at them like, hey, that's one of my kids. Uh, so uh, any of them that's had success has been a lot of fun. I, I take uh, each one of them kind of brings its own joy to me to, to kind of be a little part of and uh, watch the way they they make those runs. Like even this year with the East Buchanan girls, uh, especially this year with East Buchanan girls and the way uh, COVID was coming up and so many people couldn't get down there. Uh, I know tons of people were listening in and I got so many messages on, on Facebook and, and Twitter and uh, through the coaches and stuff of how many people were listening and how much they appreciated it. And, uh, you know, that that makes it a lot of fun when you know people are really enjoying it and you get to bring a little something special to them because, again, not everybody could get down there and share it at, at the site down there in Springfield. So uh, so those kind of things are, are what's really kind of special to me in this job. Yeah, I felt terrible, you know, for um, for the winter for the uh, winter sports, you know, a lot of um, I mean, the smaller classes got to finish their basketball seasons, but the bigger classes didn't. And we had no spring sports in them. Um, we're actually trying to figure out what we're going to do for the um, fall sports, whether football, when football is going to come back. And 
yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a weird time to be in the sports world. Uh, I mean, the day we're recording this, uh, the MIAAs are it postponed all their stuff till September 28th. And when you're talking colleges, man, there's so much money wrapped up in that. Um, you know, things are serious whenever they're pushing things back two and three weeks and saying, you know what, maybe we shouldn't be playing all these games or maybe we need to slide this back. Heck, look at the NFL. Uh, you know, the Chiefs have already said they're not going to put everybody that season ticket holders, you know, sorry, you know, we're going to sell maybe half the seats. Who knows how many they haven't said yet, but uh, very limited capacity to Arrowhead. When you're talking billions of dollars in the NFL at millions and millions in college football, even at the MIAA level, you're talking lots and lots of money. If they're willing to, to push that back, it tells you how serious things are, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like um, last thing I'm going to say about COVID and all that stuff, um, I got a feeling we're going to have a 30 for 30 down the line. Oh, yeah. Just like with everything <laughs> that's been going on all over sports. Yeah, this uh, t- 2020 in general has documentaries written all over it. So, yeah, I, I look forward but, to seeing that. Yeah, for sure. But you and I are actually going to go back to better times here in just a second. Absolutely. Here. Um, when, we, um, when we talked about Hamilton football, we were, um, we were discussing, um, man, which Hamilton football team should we review? Because, like, there's so many good ones like that. You were just talking about that whole dynasty when you're talking about 2008, 2009. You're talking about um, the year that um, Latroy Harper uh, made those two big catches in the state championship game. You're talking about all those years. I mean, there, you just can't pick just one. Well, and you didn't even mention Kellen Overstreet and uh, the years he yeah, had. Kellen I mean, Overstreet. that's one of, that's one of the best running backs in the history of the state uh, that you just kind of glossed over there. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what Hamilton's built, and it's been a lot of fun to watch that get built. I mean, I know uh, Coach was there long, long before uh, I came along. Uh, Coach Fairchild, of course, uh, and building that thing. And uh, and you mentioned 08. That's a year they didn't even win a title. But as we talked before we started recording, that's a, that year was a big catalyst to what they built. You kind of see it coming. Um, but yeah then 09 and, and 10 winning those two titles in two different divisions and then still being really good even when they didn't win a title and then getting back and what do they got four now since 2009 i mean uh it's been neat to see that dynasty or, or at least many dynasty kind of get built over there absolutely absolutely and um we're actually gonna go ahead we're gonna get started here and um we talked about you know before we look before we look ahead we have to look back mm-hmm. and uh we had the 2000 you mentioned the 2008 season that season, they were uh, ten and zero. Um, I believe they beat Bramer in that sectional game. There in that first sectional game before they got to Orange. That's right. There and uh, they were ten and they were ten and zero heading into that game. They ran the table in the GRC, and um, they go um, they go into a game against Orc. And you actually covered that game for um, one hundred point one. Um, they actually lost that game. 18 to nothing. They were shut out in that game. That was actually their first um, playoff appearance since the 1996 season. And, um, can you tell us a little bit about that game from what you remember, that Oric game? Yeah, for sure. And I think before you even talk about that game and you kind of put Hamilton where they were, uh, let's talk about Oric a little bit because that was the team in Class 1 football at that time. If you remember right, they'd won a couple titles in a row and were just rattling off wins. I mean, that was a really good football program there for, what, three, four years or so. I mean, they were just dominant, and uh, that's kind of what Hamilton ran into. This was, I mean, this was the Hamilton before Hamilton was Hamilton. Uh, really, they were the big dog. Uh, so to speak, in Class 1 football, and they would go on, if I remember right, to go ahead and win that state title in, in 08 as well. So when you're coming into this game, you're looking at a team in Oregon. That's, that's the big dog, so to speak. That is, uh, you know, we think of Valley Catholic in Class 1. We think of Hamilton in Class 1, Class 2. Right now, Lathrop in our area is, is the big dog. Oric was that team 
just a handful of years ago, I mean, they were kind of the Maryville. Think of how good the Spoofhounds have been here of late, just winning and winning and winning. That was Oric at this point. So coming into this game, you have to remember, Hamilton was kind of the new kid on the block, as you mentioned, hadn't been in the playoffs in, what, 10 years or, or whatever it was, 12 years uh, since the, the mid-'90s there. Uh, you're coming in here and going up against a defending multiple-time state champ, a team that's just running rupshaw over everybody and playing in a pretty good conference down there when you're playing the likes of the Wellingtons. and At that time, Concordia was pretty decent. Um, this is a, a big-time matchup, and you really um, – you kind of measure yourself against those kind of teams. Uh, even, you know, you want to win, obviously, it's the playoffs. Your goal is to win a state championship. But when you're playing against that type of team, you uh, you come in not knowing where you're at if you're Hamilton at this point. So uh, you got to remember this is Hamilton before they were Hamilton as we know them now. Uh, there were still some questions there. Can they beat that kind of team? I think they answered that question on this night. Obviously, they didn't get it done. 18 to nothing was the final score. Uh, again, Oryx is a really good football team, but they answered a lot of questions in that football game that uh, that got them over the hump for 2000, uh, 2009. Now, um, now going into the going into the 2009 season, obviously I wasn't there physically, but what do you think probably uh, the summer camps were like for Hamilton, probably knowing that they were so close to passing that test. And, you know, you're going into 2009 with – you mean you got a bunch of returning starters coming back and then the expectations are high there. What do you think the attitude was like definitely before the 2009 season? Oh, they were definitely hungry. Um, thinking back, uh, I mean, as you said, there was a lot of guys back, but there was a lot of guys that moved. Uh, remember, Cale Brown was the quarterback in 08. Uh, Kagan Prather moved into that role in, in 09. So you got some learning to do, even though you got a lot of guys back. Um, you're moving, you know, the Chadwicks and Dixons are kind of taking bigger roles. Uh, so some of those guys were learning that. But uh, guaranteed that work loss in 08, again, getting shut out in that game because you look back uh, up and down the 08 uh, schedule that team was probably more dominant than the 09 team was scoreboard wise I mean they didn't give up multiple scores in a game until mid-October against Maysville and that was 12 uh, they didn't give up multiple scores again until Oryx so only twice on the season uh, I mean that was a really really good football team so coming back in 09 obviously they had some parts moved we'll say obviously like you said a lot of starters a lot of those guys had had that experience but I mean just look at up and down the scores the way they were beating people and the and the stat lines that they were putting up I mean we're talking 300 and 400 yards rushing in some games uh, this team when they came to summer camp they had a goal and that goal was to get to the dome and finish the business from the year before and it really showed I mean just coming right out of the gates against Albany and hanging 73 against one of your rivals I mean that kind of answered the question real fast like of what we could expect from that year okay that's actually going to be um so they were actually in the um news press I was reading the news press in the in their power 10 for that season they were number one in the preseason and obviously they're probably going to hold on to that spot and they were actually number two in the state all year, just behind Orc. Orc was number one in the state back then. Hamilton was mm -hmm. number two. So it's looking like probably when you're talking about the state rankings and you're talking about all that stuff, um, that you know a lot of people are going to be looking for that Hamilton Orc showdown again in 2009. Yeah, that was so, that was definitely uh, something that was on the horizon all year long, and I, I mean, I don't think uh, I don't think Hamilton and Coach Dave Fairchild wasn't going to let them look past anybody. I mean, it was pretty clear they were the best team in the GRC, and that was a decent GRC t year. Remember, South Harrison was de decent, Princeton was decent. Um, there was a couple teams that I think Maysville Polo had some struggles. Uh, Gallatin was still pretty good that year. I mean, this was a pretty good GRC. Uh, this again was before they moved to the KCI, so I mean, and they were beating some pretty 
good team. I mean, South Harrison, again, was a good club. They beat them 34 to nine. This was a, a team, I mean, they were taking down some people that year. I mean, this was not uh, just a rollover conference season. Um, and I know, again, Coach Fairchild wouldn't let them overlook all those teams ahead because you're not getting to Oric till I think it was the round of 16 uh, that year, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. I mean, that's way down the road. You can't, I mean, you're circling it like, yeah, we got to get past those guys. But obviously there was a lot of business to take care of before you got there. Yeah, and uh, actually, we're going to go through the schedule here real quick. We're going to go through bits and pieces of the schedule here sure. real quick. There's going to be games that we're going to spend more time on than others. Um, obviously, you talked about that week one game against Albany. That's where they kicked off the 2009 season. You see, uh, you 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 said that they won that game 73 to nothing. Yeah, and they actually um they were actually led on the uh, the stat sheet in that game and rushing by Dylan King that game seven carries for 107 yards. Trevor Dixon was just short of 100 yards. He had six carries for 91. Dylan Chadwick had three carries for 73 yards, and um they actually had um. 54 of their 73 points that game were scored in the first half. So, like you said, they just came through, and um, this is going to be a trend for yeah. most of the season where they just blitzed teams right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 uh, this was, you know, obviously 2009, but, I mean, it was kind of the same formula we see, as I mentioned, Maryville. I mean, we all know what the Spoofhounds do. They come out and punch you right in the face and score a bunch of points really fast, and you have no chance. Um, Lathrop's been that here of late. That's what Hamilton did. I mean, those that's the same method methodology and again when you can run the ball for 300 yards as a team and you mentioned their leading rushers and all that I mean so many kids were getting the ball I mean nobody's getting seven eight nine carries a game at this point early on when they're winning like that because they a got the second teamers in which was huge in building the program I think that's massive when you get those sophomores into a varsity game at halftime uh, they're getting Friday night carries that's that's huge and coach was able to do that early and often uh in this season and really as you said it's kind of a trend and it certainly was I mean they scored uh what 36 I think 34 36 points was the the fewest they had all season long they they were hanging points on people and it, it was because they had so many folks that were so good I mean even the young guys were able to break off plays and, and of course some of that goes to the guys in the trenches obviously they're doing their job if, if you're getting those kind of holes but uh the run game from seniors to freshmen was solid at this point and uh, I mean you can see the stars for the future uh, in display, and, and that showed in that box score. Absolutely, and that's that's a huge difference between rebuilding and reloading. Mm-hmm. Is when you're able to get those kids, those second teamers, second, even maybe even third teamers in, depending on what the score was, and that's really how you really build these dynasties here. And I feel like that was a huge part with uh, this this run with Hamilton. We're going to talk about over the several weeks. We're going to be talking about. So then well, they moved to 1-0 for, against Albany, and they're going to move on to a their first road game of the season against King City. They won that game 40-13. A um, couple stats here. Um, Chadwick had 10 carries for 193 yards that game, three touchdowns. That's a lot for 10 carries. That's, that's over 10 yards a carry right there. And you, he had three scores on the day. and But, you know, I'll tell you what, though, it seemed like King City in this game didn't quit, though, um, Philip Eiberger for King City, I remember him. He was a really good player for King City back then. He had 246 yards that game, but you know, you look at the scoreboard there, he went he didn't quit. 
No, he was trying to get he was trying to get King City in that back in that game against Hamilton. No, he, he yeah, Philip Heiberger was a man um, for sure, and that's one thing you can say about that King City bunch. I remember that game as we've been you know kind of looking at the box score and such. I think I broadcasted that one if I remember right. Uh, and if memory serves, uh, you mentioned Chadwick there, ten carries, hundred ninety one yards. That's a nineteen yard average for those who uh, don't do math very fast. He was rattling off huge plays. They just couldn't get him down. And then uh, kind of the same thing with Iberger. I mean, they just uh, pounded it, pounded it, pounded it. And then uh, Tommy Sladen, the fullback there, was a good dive option for that team. They were kind of a triple option squad, if, if I remember right. And uh, and Sladen was doing a good job kind of being the dive guy. And then Iberger was really uh, finding some seams. And obviously he had a couple big plays that, uh, that added to that. They just couldn't get in the end zone. Uh, Hamilton's defense, which was a, a theme as well throughout the season, that defense was really, really good. They kind of got overshadowed because of how many points they scored all season long in the run game. But that was a really good defense, and it showed that night. Yeah, King City got some points in early on, and we were up by a point, if I remember right, early in that ball game uh, as the teams got going with the there early on. Uh, but they just couldn't keep it up, couldn't hang with the, the number of athletes that Hamilton had that night. Yeah, so that moves them to 2-0 and on the year. And, um, you know, they move into week three against Bramer, 36-7. They won that game. And um, another huge average here, you're talking about this game here, Trevor Dixon. Trevor Dixon had nine carries this game, 170 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Um, Keegan Braithwaite had two passing touchdowns to Dylan Chadwick that game, two of them for 64 yards. That was Chadwick's both of his receiving touchdowns that game. So they were able to take care of business against Bramer. And then the next game against Tarkio, they were able to take care of business 59 to nothing. That game on the road against Tarkio. Um, Prather had two carries for 116 yards in that game, two touchdowns. And then Dylan Chadwick um, had an 80-yard punt return against Tarkio in that game. So they were able to move to 4-0 on that year. Yeah, and that Bramer win, um, not to overlook that too quickly, uh, to be able to handle, that was a good Bramer club back then. Um, they had a lot of athletes coming through uh, at that time, and, and that was a big, solid, physical uh, kind of run team in general terms. Um, and they would give Hamilton some fits later on. And, of course, that was the game right before Oryx, so there may have been a little looking past at that point. It's hard not to when you're a 15-, 16-year-old kid. Uh, but uh, that was a good win, that 36-7 win over Bramer. That was a solid ball club. And then, obviously, just uh, they whitewashed Tarkio. And that was good to see at that time because South Harrison was looming, and obviously that was still a huge rivalry at this point between uh, the, the Bulldogs and the Hornets there. And South Harrison was a pretty good ball club that year. So to be able to take care of business on the road at Tarkio the way they did at 59 to nothing and just kind of take care of business real quick, come on home and get ready for that big game with the uh, with the Bulldogs there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You just talked about it there. Um, next, up, next up is South Harrison. Um, you had that game on a 100.1, and both teams were 5-0 and going into the year. So it was – I believe News Press actually named that as their area game of the week, and for good reason. I mean, you got two teams that are five and zero. Um, you got you got two rivals there, and um, talk about that game a little bit. You know, what was it like for that game? Well, that uh, Can has uh, their AM side had that game up there, but yeah, uh, I mean, going into that game. Uh, there was tons of uh, anticipation, so to speak, uh, because, like you said, both teams are undefeated. There's a rivalry there. There's some history there. Uh, obviously, you know, when you're when everybody else in the GRC right then, we kind of all knew that Hamilton was the team to beat that year. So if you're South Harrison, you got a little extra chip on your shoulder going, man, uh, who are these guys coming up trying to take our league, so to speak? Um, and remember, this game at halftime was South Harrison's. They were up by two. Uh, it was 9-7 at the break. And I thought this game, uh, you know, kind of looking at box scores, reading, you know, talking to coach, et cetera, uh, looking back at it, 
this was a big moment for them because they had to answer that bell. There wasn't a lot of games that season that Hamilton had to answer the bell. And at this point, you're down two points at halftime on your home field against one of your big rivals. Uh, and I'm sure there was a little bit of a come to Jesus talk in that locker room, uh, if not from coach, from some of those players, uh, just kind of knowing those guys and and their, uh, their fiery spirits, so to speak. Uh, and it obviously showed in the second half because that was a totally different game in the third and fourth quarters. And uh, that's the kind of uh, answer you're looking for if you're Coach Fairchild. Uh, I'm sure that told him and his guys behind the scenes, I'm sure they would never admit it at the time, but that had to tell them a lot behind the scenes about the character of their kids and that the, these guys were serious and that they were they really had that chance to make a deep run. And and really, I mean, we'll talk about the rest of the slate uh, going into the playoffs, et cetera, but you look up and down the scores from that halftime on, they weren't really challenged until the playoffs. And it, it, I mean, you could kind of see they shifted into a different gear at that point. Well, um, they were actually so you mentioned they were up nine to seven at the half that game, and they, um, South Harrison was up nine to seven mm-hmm. in the half. Then Hamilton came out very very quickly. Uh, a Prather and a Dixon, both of them had a touchdown run in the third quarter. There and then uh, Keegan Prather and Dylan Chadwick they finished it off in the fourth to win thirty four to nine in that game. This is actually of um, Keegan Prather. I believe this was actually his best passing effort of the season. He had six for nine. He only threw nine passes, but he threw for 224 yards. Yeah, yeah, and and that was the thing – all through that Hamilton era, really those couple of years, uh, you talk about the run game, the run game, the run game, and rightfully so. That I mean, if Coach Fairchild could could uh, pound you to death with the run, he was going to. But we forget the, they didn't throw a lot. But when they did, you were so worried about the run, it became very, very dangerous uh, to, to because you, people just slip it out. Tight ends, especially. I mean, the next year, even more so when T.J. Sheber moved from the, the line to the the tight end and gave him that big weapon on the outside, mm-hmm. uh, it even became more dramatic. Um, but yeah, that Hamilton's passing game was dangerous. Because, I think mainly because of how much you had to pay attention to the run, and people were moving nine, ten, you know, sometimes eleven guys into the box if it was a tight formation. Um, and, and so the passing game sometimes did rear its head and burn some people. And yeah, sometimes that happens to you. Well, that was a that was a big win for Hamilton right there. They were able oh, to their rival South Harrison. There, that puts them at five and zero on the year. Then, then they had a um, kind of a um, a rare bye week. In high school football, they had a bye week the next week. Week six, they had a bye. Going into a week seven road game against Princeton. And Princeton actually got a, some preseason hype in that game. They were number three in the news press power 10 in the preseason. But they were three and three heading into the game. There, And they actually won that game 60 to eight was the result mm-hmm. in that game. And that was just a huge game for Dylan Chadwick there. All kinds of ways he scored. He had two rushing touchdowns. He had a receiving touchdown. Even had an interception return, 38 yards for a touchdown. So he had four of them, four touchdowns there, and they just um, they just walloped Princeton in that game. They pretty much showed who was boss. Yeah, that's another that game. That's another one of those games that they came out. And, and I think, as you mentioned, there was a little bit of preseason hype for Princeton. And obviously, uh, at 3-3 three and three going into that, they weren't uh, living up to that, so to speak. Uh, I think Hamilton really wanted to say, you know what, this is our league. That's the la- Them and Gallatin were the last real challenges, so to speak, uh, on the slate. I mean, nobody wants to talk about it. We can do that in retrospect now. Uh, and I'm sure the kids kind of talked about it then. They, they thought that Princeton game really put them in the driver's seat. And, they, boy, they came out. And like you said, uh, 
he, he had a huge game, uh, scored just about every which way. And uh, I thought that really sent a message to the rest of the league. I didn't see that game uh, over there at Princeton. But, man, when you score 54 points in the first half and have a 54 nothing lead at Princeton, you're doing something right. And obviously, that uh, that was a big message sent. All right, so then we're going to move into week eight. Uh, week eight, week nine, and week ten back then, those were district mm-hmm. So their district was Hamilton, Maysville, Polo, to, Polo and Gallup. So we're, I believe it was class one, class one district 14, that's what it was. That might, Yeah, that might be right. I don't remember the, the exact district number, but it was somewhere right in there. So class one district 14. And, um, actually, this is um, they had a real impressive showing all throughout districts here. It started with week eight at Maysville. They had a 48 to nothing shutout. Uh, just um, you're going to see this as a trend here for the next several weeks, man. Trevor Dixon, I feel like Trevor Dixon became a man probably after this week because you're going to see Trevor Dixon a lot in these box scores here for the next several weeks heading into the playoffs. It all started here with Dixon. He had 12 carries for 189 yards that game, four, four touchdowns. They just shut down Maysville 48 to nothing. The next week, uh, they beat Polo 59 to 10 at home. Dixon only had four carries in that game for 28 yards, but four of his th- three of his four carries went into the end zone. And that's what's most important. You got to get carries into the end zone there. 53 points in the first half in that game against Polo. So that pretty much took care of Polo there. And then week 10, they were able to close the deal, win a district championship again against Gallatin, 50 to nothing. Dixon and Chadwick both combined for five touchdowns in that game, over 200 yards on the ground combined. And they just steamrolled their way to regionals and that game. So just give an overview of that district there. So them taking care of business in that district. Yeah, and, and as you said, the the trip to Maysville and Polo, I think we all kind of expected them to, to kind of roll in those games. Unfortunately for those two teams, Polo was, I think, finished up one and nine, and Maysville was, I think, a three-win team that season. Uh, so towards the bottom of the GRC, and obviously you're playing one of the hottest teams in the state, the team that's got their eye uh, much, much further down the road at Springfield overall. So I think those two games kind of went as we expected. Um, Gallatin being the big rival, you kind of, you never know, so to speak, going in it's it's late in the year uh district titles are on the line you're at Gallatin the old rivals and that was a decent ball club they were a 500 team that year uh so it's not like they were bad but uh, I think maybe what was most impressive in that game against Gallatin was the defensive effort uh that Hamilton put up uh, Gallatin only ran for 63 yards 63 uh, that was their total offense. They didn't have any passing yards. Uh, they were 0 for 8. But 63 rushing yards to a team that ran the ball, um, that to me was probably the most impressive thing about that district uh, effort. Obviously, you only give up, what, uh, 10 points in the entire three games, which is obviously impressive. But to shut out Gallatin at Gallatin in the finale with a district title and then to hold them under 65 yards of offense, uh, that's just rushing uh, total. I didn't even look to see sacks and all that if you take all that away. But to hold that team to 63 yards rushing and to shut them out 50 to nothing like that that was a a pretty impressive statement to to claim a district title and that's goal number one you can't get to the main goal of winning a state title if you don't win the district so they took care of business in a big way and i think uh, if i remember kind of that feeling of of at that point you kind of felt like okay whoo exhale now the real job begins exactly you know the postseason that's where that's where everything happens this is this is winter go home right here yeah absolutely what we play the game for is these kind of games (laughs) and it was almost and we're going to go into regional play. They actually drew uh, the Class 1 District 13 winner, winner a rematch with Bramer. And um, let's remember that 
Hamilton won the week three matchup against Bramer 36 to 7. The regional game wasn't as easy. Not at all. And um, Hamilton had to use a 32-yard field goal by, by Dylan Chadwick to win the game 17 to 14 in that game against Bramer. So what do you think probably the feeling was for Hamilton really definitely, you know, you survived a scare against Bramer, a team who you blew out earlier in the season, but you survived the scare. The, the I mean, I think you kind of look at how that game went. Early on, Hamilton was up. I mean, they were up 14 nothing going into the fourth quarter. Turnovers kind of hurt them and let Bramer get back into that ball game. And Bramer took advantage of a few miscues there and and – you hear about it all the time. When a team's a heavy favorite going into things, the longer that other team, the underdog, can kind of hang around, and uh, then you get a break. And then next thing you know, another break happens, and suddenly you're tied. Uh, I mean, that the momentum was there. Uh, and I think, again, kind of like halftime of that South Harrison game, Hamilton kind of had that, hey, what are we doing here? Let's get this. Let's take care of business here. And they did it. Um, kudos to Bramer again for playing a really good defensive job and, and getting some of those takeaways. But I mean, I think they had they forced two or three turnovers in that ball game, and that really uh, kind of was the difference in, in kind of keeping Bramer in that thing. And uh, and kudos again to the Bobcats for taking advantage of their opportunities. But I mean, again, Hamilton still ran for 220 yards, threw for another uh, 20 or 30 yards there because they didn't really throw the ball a whole lot in that game, uh, but did turn it over. I mean, if that was probably the biggest couple fumbles and then a couple interceptions uh, when they did throw the ball again, kind of changed things, but uh, they were able to move the ball. They just turned it over a little too much and just too many miscues. Yeah. And uh, the, I mean, a win like that, really, I mean, it could be, it could go for you or it could go against you. Sometimes um, I feel like you have to learn how to play these close games because you're getting into, um, you're getting into the rest of the slate here. You're getting into, the competition just keeps getting tougher and tougher and tougher. And sometimes you may end up in these close games. Oh, absolutely. So I think we, uh, I mean, you take it up to there. the March Madness thought. I mean, just about any team that's ever won the NCAA tournament in March Madness has had one of those games where you're like, man, they just weren't sharp that night. Or, boy, they were lucky to get that bucket that got them past that team, you know, that eight seed or whatever it was. Uh, that was kind of Bramer uh, that night. And, I mean, I don't think maybe necessarily Hamilton was looking forward to, hey, Oryx next if we get past Bramer. I don't think that was the case. I think, you know, it's the playoffs. you got high ex- expectations. Bramer is a proud program. We talked about that earlier uh, in, in that what week two, week three game. I mean, that was that's a proud tradition down there at Bramer at this point, and they know how to win football games. This was, I mean, remember they had a couple kids that uh, went to Mizzou, and one kid played for the Chiefs. I mean, that's that era of Bramer football we're talking about uh, that had some quality athletes. I mean, that's a good football team, so give them some credit. But I mean, uh, I'm sure Hamilton pressed a little bit. Uh, Bramer took advantage of some opportunities, but you're absolutely right. Sometimes you have to have a game like that. To, uh, to to kind of fall back on later, and I think maybe they did uh, in the state championship, which we'll talk about in a bit against Valley Catholic, because that was maybe the 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 uh, next time they had any sort of uh, you know competition, so to speak. But I mean, you fall back on those experiences against Bramer and against South Harrison, and, and what you did to uh, to overcome that hurdle, so to speak. And obviously, they were able to to call on that again there that night against Bramer. Well. Um- well, Hamilton was able to get past Bramer in that game. Um, so that actually sets up the sectional game, the game that probably a lot of people were looking forward to, the rematch with Ork. And Ork took care of business in their regional game against Maysville, 
44 to 12 in that game. So like I talked about earlier, the, um, the class one state rankings pretty much held serve, at least the top two held serve for the entire year. Oric was number one. Hamilton was number two. Yeah, I mean, we just talked about it earlier, that 2008 game where Hamilton just came up short. Oric had a 40-game winning streak going into that game. So what do you think probably the attitude was for Hamilton probably for going into that second game? It was very much unfinished business. That, they, they felt like they they felt like they probably were the better team in 08 and those guys that were back and they, they kind of pulled some trickery out and, and did some things a little different. And I mean, and you can kind of see in the, uh, the play calling, I mean, they only threw the ball one time, I believe it was, and that was for like three yards. Uh, but they ran the ball for 530 some yards. Uh, I mean, seven touchdowns. It was a, uh, they came in and, and wanted to come with some attitude and show that they were the best team in the state, that they felt like they let one get away the year before, that this is the moment they had kind of been waiting for. And you can kind of see it in the scoreboard. I mean, they went up, what, 35 to six at halftime. And uh, I mean, they just came out and, and just ran it and ran it right at Oric. And again, I think Oric had graduated some athletes. This was not as uh, uh, as good of a team as that they had had the last couple of years. Um, they were a good football team. Don't get me wrong but they were not as good as they were the year before or the year before that um again good football team not great and hamilton really exposed that they were not a great football team work that is and uh and, and really kind of put it to them and kind of you could kind of see it right from the word the jump street that this was going to be a different night and that hamilton was there they meant business and uh they had unfinished business and, and were really had it taken care of by halftime Oh, yeah, they sure did. Now, I'll tell you what, though. Keegan Prather, he's the one that really got it started. Three first-quarter touchdowns. Yeah, Trevor Dixon, four touchdowns totally combined. And yeah, Hamilton never trailed that game. Never no, 20, trailed as you mentioned, uh, Keegan with his three first-quarter touchdowns. You jump up 21 nothing, And just, I mean, again, remember, just all those kids. I mean, uh, Trevor Dixon then got going. He ends up with over 200 yards rushing and four scores, as you mentioned. Uh, but, but then you're able to get in the, 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 the Straker kid. You're able to get him some carries. You're able to give Dylan King some carries. You're able to do a lot of different things because you got that big lead. And, again, uh, Coach Fairchild was an expert at doing what Hamilton did. You give that team 21 points i mean you might think back to those old nebraska teams and tom osborne you don't give that team 21 points because you can't get them off the field afterwards the clock just never stops and that's exactly what they did hey, we got 21 okay now we're up 35 six at halftime how are you going to come back when you can't throw the ball and really they held them you know that's an work team that ran for close to 300 yards in 08 against hamilton they ran for 144 this time, and it took like seven guys to get that total. I mean, nobody even really got close to 100. I mean, you're just not able to move the ball in big chunks. Uh, the clock's constantly moving, and you still have to try to slow down Prather and Chadwick and Dixon, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it just kept coming at them all night long. And again, Hamilton meant business. And when the big guys dominate like they were, I, I just don't know that you can answer that. Well, um, that loss there, so Hamilton did win that game 51-13, to and that was Oric's first loss since November 13, 2006. That was a Class 1 quarterfinal against South Shelby. That was, the last, that, was, that was the last Oric loss before that loss to Hamilton there. If I'm not mistaken there, that 2016, that was the first year I started helping out with football tonight. Was that the South Shelby team that played? Uh, I believe that would be right. Yeah, that would have been the Coach Cole's extra point game, if I remember right. 
Yeah, I think I remember Gallatin going to the um going to the semis in that 06 or 07 season. I thought it was one of those. So that actually reminded me of that. And then you move on to the quarterfinals. It's a big game on 100.1, a quarterfinal. And yeah, and that was, uh, you know, I, I gave Coach Fritz and what he's built there at maybe Cannon some praise early on in this uh, in this recording. Um, that was uh, Coach L or uh, – Coach Rap, rather, Coach Elms, uh, Coach Rap, uh, Dave Rap's team there, and, and boy, he had done a good job of getting that team. You know, that was a good Mid Buchanan team, and and you know, I remember talking to Dave. Uh, I became really good friends with Dave uh, over the uh, over the years of covering uh, Mid Buck, and then he was AD, etc. Uh, talking to him before that game, he's just like, man that's a really good football team. I mean, what are you going to do? You go watch what they did to Oric a couple, you know, a week or five days before that. And, uh, and you got them coming in. And I remember that day very, very well. It was, it was a beautiful day for mid November. And uh, the, 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 the stands were packed and there was a, a lot of folks there. And uh, Hamilton really took the wind out of the sails in that game pretty uh, quickly. Um, and really, I mean, for a minute, it was kind of close, 13-3 at the end of one. Uh, by the halftime, it was pretty well decided at 33-3. to I mean, this this was a Hamilton team that was not going to be denied a trip to the Dome, and uh, and Midbuck just kind of was, uh, was on the train track, so to speak. Yeah, they were pretty much like, you know, they were, it felt like in that game they were pretty much yeah, like that's next exactly man up, you know, felt. next, next exactly team on the journey. There, so. 47 to 3 was the final in that game. And um, I got a couple stats here that I'm going to use. Hamilton had 364 yards rushing combined as a team that game. Ran for 18 first downs on the ground. The leader on the ground was Trevor Dixon, 17 carries, 162 yards, three touchdowns on the ground. Just another dominating effort for Hamilton on the ground there. And then they move on to the semifinals in a matchup with Wellington Napoleon. This was Hamilton's very first semi-final game since 1986. And that, that in, in and of itself is, is pretty neat. And I, I know we'll talk a, a little bit about this, but I mean, it was kind of, we talked about mid-buck was kind of next team up, next guy, you know, we just have to, you know, okay, that's next. We just got to take care of business. Wellington kind of felt that way going uh, the way it went down. Uh, I mean, Hamilton just came out right out of the gates, uh, 28 points in the opening quarter. And from then on, I mean, Wellington kind of made it, somewhat close. I mean, they trailed by 21 going into the fourth, uh, but they hung around a little bit there through the middle of the game, but I think Hamilton just kind of kept them at arm's distance after that big first quarter. Yeah, well, that was up. 62-27 to 27 was the final there. They they pretty much, like, you pretty much, uh, I didn't have any, I don't think I have any more else to add to that. You know, they pretty much put the scoreboard, put them up, they pretty much blitzed them on the scoreboard here in this game. So this is actually their very first, so they advanced to their very first state championship game in school history against uh, against Valley Catholic. And I thought this was probably – so Valley Catholic heading into this game. So it's a state championship game against Valley Catholic. We're going to move on to that. Hamilton was 13-0 and in that game. Valley was 14-0. and This was Valley's 16th playoff appearance. They've made 10 championship game appearances and um, nine state championships there. So – do you think there might have been maybe, you know, a feeling from Hamilton that, you know, hey, you know, these are kind of like Orc, you know, 
Oh, Valley Catholic, Catholic is a is huge, like a huge name in class, class one football. One. And, uh, you know, fast forward to where we're at today. That's the most state championship program in history in the, in the state of Missouri. They, they've got more state titles than Webb City. They got more state titles than Jeff City, uh, my Lexington Minutemen, the Penny Hornets, uh, you name them. They've got more state titles than all of them. Uh, that is a powerhouse of high school football down that way in St. Genevieve. And yeah, absolutely going into that game. Uh, I remember talking to coach uh, in, you know, pregame interviews and coach shows and all that kind of stuff uh, leading into this thing and uh, they very much knew uh, who they were going to play now going into it they said hey they got to play us too uh, obviously we're very confident what we're doing but yeah they very much knew who they were going up against and what valley catholic was all about well uh, i mean you know you were there calling the game so um we're gonna break down this game here a little bit we're gonna i would probably say probably break this down you know quarter by quarter here and i do actually have the uh the quarter-by-quarter quarter scoring here right in front of me here. So um, in the first quarter, though, not very much not very much scoring here in the first couple quarters here. It all started, you know, in the first quarter. Um, Trevor Dixon was able to pick off um, Valley Catholic quarterback um, Michael Grimming, I believe that's his name. There, uh, Trevor Dixon was able to pick him off on the first, first Valley Catholic possession. Picked him off for a 66-yard interception return for a touchdown. That actually started the scoring there, and it was able to get Hamilton on the scoreboard there. And then in the second quarter, though, Keegan Prather, Keegan Prather was able to add a two-yard run there. And uh, it was 14-0 at the half, I believe. There, so kind of give like a first half. Yeah, you you hit it um, on that first. Valley half. Catholic uh, had a very good offense as well as Hamilton. Uh, obviously, that was kind of the story coming into this game was the two offenses. Hamilton did it pretty strictly through the run game. Valley Catholic was fairly uh, fairly balanced in there. That uh, that Griminger kid that was their quarterback, uh, he he was a solid kid. He had a good arm. Um, I don't remember his stats right off the top of my head, uh, like on the season or, or whatever, but coming in, you knew he was an athlete back there. He could throw the ball if they needed to. Obviously, they wanted to run the ball as well, but they were a little more balanced than Hamilton was or way more balanced than Hamilton was, even though they still weren't truly balanced but they could throw the ball if they needed to and 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 they did periodically through the season and uh i i think that was really a big part of it was hamilton's pass defense kagan prather had a, a couple big picks and then obviously that one there uh that you mentioned by dixon and then he just man scooted down that sideline uh 66 yards to the house and that really kind of set the tone and hamilton you're like okay you know they're not intimidated they they really do have a chance and then really from then uh, through uh what late in the second quarter if i remember right it was inside of two minutes to play before halftime uh kind of stalemated it was you know you'd get a play here a couple first downs there uh both teams just kind of move and then stop and then uh, kind of stall out the other way uh there were a turnover here and there um but it was too heavyweights kind of just punch counter punch um until they're uh, late in the half and as you mentioned uh kagan was able to kind of finish off a drive uh, and that was kind of the, the tone he got those couple scores uh but he didn't have huge eye-popping rushing numbers i think he had 50 yards on, on the game if i remember right um but he he was the guy that kind of uh in, in fantasy he called it he vultured them he vultured some touchdowns there from his uh from his running backs chadwick and dixon who really did some heavy lifting in, in this game on the ground against a really stout defense um but yeah, fourteen nothing at halftime, and you felt like, okay, these guys, uh, Hamilton's for real here. They've got legit chance. They, it, you kind of felt like the third quarter, if they could come out and, and put up another score, uh, get a quick stop on Valley Catholic, et cetera, kind of keep that momentum going that maybe we could have a route on our hands and boy this is kind of looking easy obviously it didn't turn out that way because Valley Catholic had something to say about it but I mean at, at halftime you really felt like Hamilton, maybe not in control but uh, certainly had things going their way. 
Yeah, so it was a 14 to nothing Hamilton at the half there. And um, and you just talked about, you know, I thought that in the third quarter was the complete opposite for Hamilton. Valley Catholic was able to come, come in, put a couple scores on the board in the fourth quarter there. A touchdown run by Michael Greminger was a one-yard touchdown run there. And then um, Greminger threw another touchdown pass to Nathan Guile there. That was a 29-yard touchdown pass there. So in the third quarter, Valley Catholic was able to put two touchdowns on the Yeah, and there was a turnover in there, the if I remember right. The uh, the Hamilton was – if I remember that uh, – you know, again, this is, what, 11, 12 years ago now. Uh, if I remember right, Hamilton was driving for a score and ended up turning the ball over, and that uh, ended up leading to one of those scoring drives. So it wasn't even just the, the, the points that Valley scored. You kind of take points away from yourself when you get a deep drive that comes up empty like that and then directly coming down the field. Um, so Valley very much stole the momentum uh, – uh, in a big way uh, there in the third quarter, as you mentioned, got those two scoring drives going, kind of felt like they got their offense a, a little more balanced. And, uh, and, and by the time that third quarter was over, uh, this thing was very much in question. Well, uh, we're going into the fourth quarter here. Oh, yeah. I call this, um, you know, this, this is a championship round here and you got a heavyweight in there. You got a heavyweight in there in Valley Catholic there. And then you got a, a team like Hamilton, you know, right, right then and there in 2009, who wants to put themselves in the heavyweight championship conversation. And Valley Catholic is able to add a field goal in the fourth quarter there to go up 17 to 14 in the game. And then um, and then Hamilton towards the um, was it the end of the fourth quarter when they made that um when they made that last score? Yeah, that, win, if, win if, 20, if, uh, if I remember right, there, there was uh, like just under six minutes. It was a fairly quick drive to answer because that field goal came, uh, I want to say, uh, seven and a half minutes. Let me look at my – yeah, box score says 735 uh, was left. So, you know, you're down three, and, and when was the last time Hamilton had trailed? Uh, you got to go back what to – you know, maybe uh, you know, I don't remember what the scoring order was in a couple of those playoff games, but they didn't trail very often at all. It had, it had been a while. So now you're going up against one of the great teams in the history of the state, one of the great programs, I should say, in the history of the state. Suddenly it's, you know, mid-fourth quarter. You're down three after having been up 14 nothing. You've seen that lead evaporate. One of your your, your best players, Trevor Dixon, uh, if I, or uh, the other way, excuse me, um, no, Dixon was uh, the one that got hurt there. Um, so you're, you're down one of your better players. You're, you're kind of relying on somebody else. Um, things were not going all that well for Hamilton, if you remember right, at that seven-and-a-half-minute mark. They turned it around real quick like uh, on that. If I remember right, they got a, a good-sized play, and then uh, eventually uh, Prather was able to punch it in for his second touchdown. So, again, that, that, that ability to answer the bell – um, when things weren't going well, you'd give it up 17 straight points. Watch that lead evaporate. Suddenly, uh, you know you're in a in a tough situation there in the mid fourth quarter, and it's it's man up time. And 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 really, Kagan and the guys manned up in a big way. Got that drive, and really again a pretty quick drive against scoring. You know they gave up that field goal at what seven and a half minutes. They scored with 5:40 to play. Uh, so I mean that that's a big time answer in like you said a championship round. Well, yeah, the, you talked about that big play there on that drive there. Um, that was actually a 50-yard – there was actually yeah. a 50-yard run by Dylan Chadwick. According to the article here on the St. Joseph News Press, Dylan Chadwick had a 50-yard run. That was a key – that was a key play, probably the key play in that last Hamilton scoring drive before, before Keegan was able to punch that in for a seven-yard run, which ultimately ended up leading to be the, um, the last score of the game there. But what was the defense for Hamilton like? 
in those last, I would probably say you were six, five. Well, six, uh, I mean, it was a defensive play that really did seal it. It was a pray their interception. Um, the, they threw it into double coverage. I think it was a fade route. If I remember right down the, the right sideline, um, Valley was moving the ball. Um, they had the ball, uh, at, uh, I want to say, the just inside the Hamilton 40, if I remember right, somewhere 38, 39-yard line. And uh, they were moving the ball. They had it second down and, and manageable. I'm going to say like second and six, second and seven, somewhere in that ballpark. And I think everybody thought they were going to run. They were moving the ball well, uh, and then they threw it up. It was a play they had designed. And uh, if I remember right, they said after the game that it was something they'd had, you know, they had in their back pocket and wanted to run. Um, and then just on that day, if I remember right, Hamilton got a little bit of pressure and got the throw out just a hair early. It went into double coverage and Kagan was able to go up and make a fantastic interception, kind of falling backwards and, uh, and sealed the deal there. But I mean, again, Valley was moving the ball and threatening. I mean, they, like I said, they were inside the 40 yard line when all this went down with, a, I think three and a half minutes or so left in this game. So, uh, I mean, it was a big time defensive play and a big stand there to, to make that play. And, and, and with, Kind of your back against the wall, not quite to the wall, but the wall is certainly uh, looming right behind them. Well, that was actually the that was actually the last play of the game there, and then Hamilton was able to seal the deal, complete the perfect season, fourteen and zero on the year, 21 to seventeen. They beat Valley Catholic to win their very first ever state championship. Um, at the Edward Jones Dome, what was the elation? like from the football players. Well, the, uh, the dome was notorious for those of us in radio of uh, not really giving us a great feel for what was going on because we were so far up there. And obviously uh small town football or small school football doesn't fill the dome up. Uh, well, nobody does really <laughs> as far as high schools go. Uh, but I mean, we were so far up there. It was hard to, <laughs> to truly, you know, get your finger on the pulse, so to speak. But man, I mean, you could tell the kids, especially, I mean, it was noisy and uh, you could hear the kids, especially kind of going nuts. And then, you know, kind of getting down there and talking with some of the guys afterwards and seeing everybody hanging around down there on the street and in the in the lobby, uh, the, the smiles. I mean, you, I, I'd be surprised if you could wipe them off some of those guys' faces today, uh, 11 years later or whatever it is. I mean, the, the things they accomplished uh, in that run and and to, to win it the way they did uh, with the way Valley was coming back and really uh, – really kind of looking like they were going to be able to pull off the victory. I mean, remember it's a four point game and Valley's driving things weren't looking good again. And then, uh, somehow some way you make it happen and, and again your, your junior quarterback cake and pray they're able to come down with that interception and kind of seal the deal on a day where maybe you didn't have uh, your best day uh to, to come out of there with that win and, and to do it against the team you did in the in the manner that they did uh it, it was pure jubilation that you you could tell and, and really i felt best when i got the chance to see dave fairchild afterwards uh, i mean Dave was well known as being a kind of business by the book kind of, uh, you know, we do things. This is how we do it. He wasn't, wasn't a big, uh, telling jokes and being silly kind of guy. He was happy. He was very happy. And, uh, and rightfully so it had been a long time coming for those guys and for coach in particular. And, uh, I, I probably felt the best for him in all those years and hard work and finally get over that hump and to finally, uh, get there and, and to do something that his dad had been able to do and to kind of carry on that tradition. It, it was a pretty cool moment. Well, actually, you know, I mean, you, you celebrate a championship there, your first ever state championship in school history. And uh, we're going to talk about, you know, in more episodes down the line, just, you know, how this is going to become a trend mm -hmm. 
for yeah, and and really this, uh, I mean, we talked earlier that 08 loss to Oric, I think again was kind of the catalyst. It it really lit that fire for a lot of those guys that came back, and and some of those guys would be there for you know sophomores that lost to Oric. There were juniors uh, to win the title, and then to bump up to class two the next year and to try to get that done again and become the first team to ever do that and. you kind of go back to that Oregon game. It was really the catalyst for uh, for what happened uh, for those couple of years and really for the next decade going on into what we're looking at now in, in Hamilton football and the job that they're doing even still today of year in and year out being one of the best programs in the area. Well, Chris, um, uh, last thing I want to look at here before we wrap up here, um, we have, uh, the you know, mm-hmm. they have the all-state football teams at the out of the end of the year. Hamilton actually had eight. They had eight total All-State or Coach of the Year nominees. Um, six first-team nominees, one second-team nominee, and then Coach Fairchild was the Coach of the Year in Class 1 there. There's a lot of talent there on these All-State teams, including a bunch of talent there. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, year. and when we talk about 2010, whenever that is, I mean, that team – uh, like you said, a lot of this talent came back. Well, now they've done it. Now they know how to do it. Um, you could kind of see in 2010, uh, there was a little bit of a chip on their shoulders. Not uh, not the same chip that was there in 09. 09 was the uh, we let one slip away and it's time to take care of business uh, chip that some teams get when, when you haven't quite reached that goal and you're still up and coming. Uh, 2010 was a championship swagger, so to speak. I mean, they came in, uh, they knew they were – the, the kids on the block, so to speak, but even moving up to class two, you still felt like, I mean, there was questions there. Can they do it at a bigger class? They're a small class two, et cetera. But they came in and had that attitude. Like this is ours. We're taking it, whether you like it or not. And I think really you can go back to that 08 win over Oric. And then obviously uh, the, that went over Valley Catholic and a, a state title to get over that hump and get that championship gold. Um, those two games in particular, Valley and Oric, I think uh, really kind of built penny football into what it is. Well, Chris, I want to thank you, first of all, for coming on, definitely being my very first guest on this. This is something that I want to keep doing, you know, throughout this podcast series. I thought these series are so cool. I know that um, I know a lot of uh, a lot of media, you know, we do a lot of uh, scores and schedules and stuff like that. And I want to add like, you know, these stories from these teams in the area here, you know, years down the line, you know, and I want to keep doing these. And um, you've seen you've seen a boatload of these teams here over the years here. And um, I want to thank you, first of all, again, for coming on here and then um, going through the 2009 Hamilton team. We're going to go through the 2010 I look forward Hamilton to it, Cliff. Uh, I really, think this really is a great soon. idea that, that you that you came up with to do this. I think it's, a, it's fun to kind of look back at, at some of these teams and games and programs and how uh, all of it kind of came to be because without the history uh, today is kind of lost. Um, you know, you can't understand where the KCI, where Hamilton football is uh, today if you don't kind of look back at some of these teams. And I think it's it's great. I think people will really enjoy kind of getting a chance to, to relive some of that glory. I think we saw that with the COVID-19 starting there in March. And I know here at the station, we played some old broadcasts of various basketball and football and softball games and such. And people loved it. Uh, people enjoy kind of looking back at these things. It's, it's hard to believe this team is already, uh, what, 11, 12 seasons ago. Um, it, it doesn't seem like that long ago that they were, uh, that these guys were 16, 17 year old kids. And now they're what close to 30 years old and got families and all that. It, it's really wild to think of. Uh, but it was a lot of fun to kind of look back and remember a lot of this stuff. And boy, uh, 
just going through those games, the memories started to come back even more and more of, oh, yeah, I remember when this happened and this play here at this time. And um, it's been a lot of fun. I look forward to doing some more of these with you. It was a, it was a really cool honor to be the first. Uh, so thank you for that. I appreciate it. And I look forward to uh, doing a few more of these with you. Well, thank you very much, Chris, for coming on. We will definitely do some more of them. Um, we're going to do the um, 2010 Hamilton team really, really soon. I definitely want to start a series on this Hamilton dynasty here. Um, I have to think of a cool name for it, but we'll think of a cool name for the series here. And um, thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Looking on forward here. to it. And, Thanks, Cliff. Um, we look forward to chatting again soon. All righty. Thank